full truth and nothing but the truth. I cannot stand this guy. I am down now for the full truth and nothing but Michael Rappaport. I'm like, dude, there's it's it sounds like something's clogging up your nasal pad. I just want to yank it out. Just yank it out. Anyway, let's keep going. Rabbit hole to pull back Sorry. now. But that is the third fucking job this year. See, a lot of times I'm assuming it doesn't even get to me. There's been other things too. There's been other things too. There's other times where I'm sure, like, I don't for Dick Stain Donald Trump, who I had conversations with, I might vote for that motherfucker. Oh yeah, I'll break the fucking, oh yeah, I'll break your hearts. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. Happy to have you here on this Friday morning. Uh, thank God. It feels like this week kind of flew by a little bit, didn't it? Is that just every week feels like. Really? Think, yeah. It does feel like time is kind of slipping by a lot faster. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're getting older. I think that might be it, too. I don't know. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show. This is my beautiful, heterosexual, bearded life partner, Josh, sitting right across from me. He's such a beautiful man. You're so beautiful. You're just so gorgeous. And trust me, I know gorgeous, folks, because I look in the mirror every day. I'm so gorgeous. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just made my day, buddy. It just made your day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, what to talk about today? What to talk about? 
Uh, big thank you to Shannon Joy for coming on the show yesterday. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna tell the savages in the chat this right now. Um, I, I think we have a very badass community. We have a community of wonderful lost savages. Um, people come into the chat. They um, they post their opinions. They do a really good job of keeping it civil, and I appreciate and I respect that. But one thing I'm not going to tolerate in my Rumble chat is when I have a guest on like Shannon and I see some of you regulars making these comments like John wants to sleep with her. I'm going to get rid of you. You know better. You're better than that. That's not how, because a lot of these guests are watching the Rumble chat because they're wanting to get a feel for what you're saying, some of your questions. When you come in here and you represent me like that, you're not going to be welcome here anymore. I don't care if you've been a listener since day one. That's not how you hold yourself because when I invite them into this space, it's a space to say, even if somebody I disagree with, how many times have I said, if I disagree with them, do not attack them. Attack the ideology, attack the principle, don't attack the person. But yesterday I had to ban like three people. I thought that was just, it's disgusting. I think I felt like a lot of people are better than that, but unfortunately they're not. So I had to ban like two or three people. Um, Don't do it. It's not going to be welcome in here. Again, you're not going to attack my guests. And I understand that as we grow, that we are going to have a lot of the uh, the trash, but I'm going to get rid of them. I have a, I actually have moderators in here. I'm going to empower them to do more uh, because I want them to do more. I don't feel like people should be allowed to come in here and just be just so disgusting to people. It's it's ridiculous. Shannon was making some really good points yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, John wants to do her. I'm like, yeah, you see, that's, that's just the type of nonsense I'm not going to tolerate. So yeah. But again, I bet if it was not a very attractive woman, they wouldn't be saying that. So it's all based upon the attractability of the person I'm interviewing. So it's, yeah, interesting how that works. But anyway, the Bin Laden letters, they're everywhere. Um, There's a lot of censorship going on. Organizations, or rather MSM outlets, uh, have been removing it. Um, It's circulating on TikTok, and there's a lot of people out there saying that TikTok, a Chinese-owned app out there, which, by the way, I've deleted TikTok. I don't even use it anymore. Um, I just felt like it's it's just a worthless platform at this point. It is a massive uh, platform for spreading a lot of propaganda. Gen Z is picking up the Bin Laden letter and running with it because they're only seeing one side of this conversation. Um, I am gonna get. The, I am gonna find the letter. I will post it to the All American Savage Show or JohnBurke.com where you can go read it for yourself. Uh, and here's the thing as to the reasoning why I am against banning that letter. I'm against outlets uh, trying not to publish that letter. It's gonna have the Streisand effect, which it already has. You, uh, who was it? Who, which which outlet uh, published it? Let me actually pull up the article here. Hold on. The Guardian. Was it the Guardian? The yeah. Guardian had published it and then quickly deleted it. And once they noticed it start going viral. I think was a massive mistake. Why? Why are you? Um, why? Why are you doing that? Because the reason that we should never ban anything, the, we, the reason that we should never censor anything, is that if we know it's wrong, if we know Bin Laden is wrong on a lot of these things, the debating in of the point can do so much good by instead trying to censor and squash it. Case in point, uh, if we saw the COVID misinformation. During the COVID era, how many people did they censor right off the bat? Do you think, like, say like we were on the side of COVID, and we'll we'll just take pause for a moment and think that we're all kind of stupid. And let's just say that we're on the side of the COVID vaccines actually working. Do you think it would be beneficial, more beneficial to debate the science because we actually have proof and, and facts on our sides? Or do you think it's better to censor people, ban their social medias, thus echoing their voice, magnifying their voice? Because once you start trying to silence the opposition, you're going to do, in fact, the opposite. Your, your debates should be able to stand alone. Your proof, your logic, your points, your facts should be able to stand on their own two feet. The bin Laden letter is not threatening. I've read it. 
It's not a threatening letter. There's a lot that can be, you know, misconstrued. There's a lot of propaganda in that letter. But to sit there and say, like, oh, we, we're not going to let people read the letter, why not? You think just because Gen Z is circulating this on Twitter is any reason to ban it? Look, Gen Z by far is one of the dumbest generations we've seen yet. Of course, these liberal progressive students are going to sit there and say, oh, my God, maybe bin Laden was right. And I was like, no, he kind of wasn't. There's this MAGA grifter out there. Uh, this kid supposedly is a former soldier, which I thought was very interesting that... Um, and I'm not saying this is all MAGA. His name is the the Preston Para, who banned me on Twitter, blocked me on Twitter. Uh, and I, again, I wasn't trolling. I just debate these people with facts, and they block me. Uh, but he said that I prefer Bin Laden over Ben Shapiro. This is a former soldier, apparently. Preston, you are welcome to come on my show anytime and have this debate. Why I would prefer Ben Shapiro versus Bin Laden. The challenge is out there, sir. You 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 claim to be, a, or he's one of these MAGA mouthpieces out there in the Twitterverse. And this is, again, these are the Gen Z types. These are the morons out there that don't understand the depths of these of this letter and the debatable points in there. There have been a lot of things done wrong in the Middle East at the hands of America. We won't deny that. But to sit there and pretend like bin Laden himself was justified in his taking of the lives of 3,000 Americans because uh, America has some blood on its hands in support of Palestine, well, the same thing can be said against bin Laden. You've got a lot of blood on your hands. Therefore, the retaliation is justified. Is it not? If you, Because this is Bin Laden's theory. In his letter, he said that the American people have a, have a lot to blame. They should be held accountable for the bombs and stuff that American government has dropped all over the Middle East. It's like, okay, well, then you can't get upset at me then if I want to enlist to come over there and kill your people. Because if you're going to group me in with the government and you're going to try and yeah. kill me, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And that's how this continues. But again, to my original point, we shouldn't be banning this. We shouldn't be censoring this. I'm not for banning or censoring anything. Now, I, here's the thing. If, if, they, if the Guardian wants to delete it, I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed to. I just think it's a stupid move. You shouldn't have done that. Let it go. Let yeah. people see it. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Gen Z is out there making all these videos on TikTok, and that's who that crowd really panders to a lot. But also China is magnifying this. China does want a lot of these issues to occur in America, so there's a lot of infighting. And China loves this. Xi Jinping, the communist dictator that Gavin Newsom apparently loves to suck up to, you know, he's, he's all for causing more controversy in America. But here's the thing that I don't think that they understand is that, you know, when you cause this controversy, yes, there will be a lot of infighting, there will be a lot of debate, but what's the outcome of these things? People begin to educate themselves, wake up, understand certain nuances that can be discussed at length. I think anytime you usher in the art of debate, the art of disagreement, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a one-up because, again, there is no debate in China. You can't sit there. And the other thing I love about that, that how China kind of does a cell phone on this one, is the fact that you can have this bin Laden letter, and then here in America— on a Chinese-owned app, we are free to disagree with our government. We are free to disagree openly with one another and say, like, look, I disagree with bin Laden, or look, I agree with bin Laden. Isn't it kind of beautiful that America still stands for that and represents that to a degree versus China can't? I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because where in China you get to say something like, hey, screw this government, bro. You're going away. You're going away for a very long time. Trying to get like that here right now. Yeah, this is true. The police state is trying to crack down. I mean, Nikki Haley was just talking about putting people on lists so Jesus. you can't have any anonymity her, on social media. Uh, yeah. <laughs> her um her Twitter page, they haven't changed it, but in there it was highlighted by a lot of people that were going against her, which was literally the entire GOP. Nikki really backed herself into a corner. But in her bio on their page, it says uh, we're taking names. It said that before she took this position. I was like, man, y'all are really tone deaf on this one. Yeah, I don't know why uh, you thought that was a good idea. Uh, we're going to have a guest caller today, Austin Peterson. He's going to call in about something that I have noticed. Now, I remember 
Remember a while back, I said that the right does have an anti-Semitism problem. I said this a while back and people are like, yeah, you're seeing it now. You're seeing it now. Uh, let me tell Austin to go ahead and call in. He's going to be calling in at the normal number. Hopefully we don't screw this up. God, I hope we don't. Looking at Josh. <laughs> Looking at you. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Hey, folks, while we're waiting, do me a favor. Hit that like button and make sure you tap the follow button. We greatly appreciate that over here on Rumble. Uh, <laughs> yellow. What's happening? Hey, it's Austin Peterson. Austin Peterson calling in today. Uh, Austin, you made a tweet. You shared it with me. And I'm really, I'm really happy to see where you've come in regards to your political viewpoints. But you've written a very in-depth tweet here. And it's in regards to essentially the liberty movement movement being infiltrated. I'd like to talk more about this. Yeah. Um, so my political awakening began with a foreign policy wake up call from Congressman Ron Paul in 2008 during the debates when he smacked down Rudy Giuliani on the question of foreign policy interventionism, the reasons that we were attacked on 9-11. And now here we are you know, almost 20 years later or so. And we're having this conversation again, because of like you had mentioned, people are unearthing Osama bin Laden's letter, which I, I find fascinating because so many people who I have heard over the years, the last 20 years, you know, I've been in the anti-war movement and around the edges of it. They always say, well, you should read why they, they attacked us. You should read why they attacked us. Well, I have read why they attacked us. And it's actually quite a bit more complicated than some kind of binary thought process where it's just either one entirely they hate us for our freedoms or two it's our foreign policy interventionism but of course people can take whatever they want and run with it with whatever narrative they want but when people are who are anti-semitic who hate jews and who hate israel like osama bin laden did if there are people in the united states who agree with osama bin laden about jews they're of course going to take that narrative and run with it in order to advance their ideological interests. What bothers me, of course, is to see that so many people who claim to fly the banner of liberty and, and many of them haven't, you know, there are a lot of, there's a big post libertarian movement, people who used to call themselves libertarians who are now very illiberal, right. Opposed to the concept of liberty, very authoritarian now these days. And, you know, they've sort of uh, gone off into different movements. Some of them perhaps are MAGA, not, not all. Uh, uh, some of them have become, you know, the sort of like right-wing trad authoritarians that you see on any of these, you know, social media platforms, gripers, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, having gone to conferences for a couple of decades, I can tell you, John, that, uh, you know, the, the Jew hatred was always there uh, and it was underneath the surface, but it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. I, I'm just shocked that, you know, my old friends, you know, I've known Laura Loomer since 2008. She used to be a libertarian, mm-hmm. right? Much more. She's MAGA now. But I, I'm shocked that she's shocked that the anti-Semitism has exploded in growth. You know, I'm shocked that, I mean, who are some of my other Jewish conservative friends who have really had their eyes opened in the in the past few weeks? Because they, they you know, again, they've, they've been part and parcel of the groipers, right? Yeah. A, a friend of mine, she's a Jewish, she's a Jewish groiper and she's shocked that people are celebrating <laughs> wait, October wait, wait, 7th. Wait, wait. Uh, a I'm Jewish laughing. groiper? <laughs> How is the, the groipers, yes. for those that don't know, the groiper, I call them the groupers. The grouper movement was started by Nick Fuentes, who's a massive anti-Semitic Nazi guy. He's a propagandist at heart. Whom, I'm glad you brought this up. Like, Loomer, Loomer is friends with this guy. 
And I, I don't get the, right, right. I don't understand her positioning there. Like, I'm sorry, Laura Loomer just doesn't make sense in her logic. It's like, you claim to be against anti-Semitism, but one of the biggest feeders of it on Twitter, which is Nick Fuentes, your best, I shouldn't say best, but you're friends with this guy. How, how does this make sense? I'm human. You know, if a human scumbag with a gigantic reach just happened to like me and, you know, happened to, you know, in many ways coincide with, you know, the, my rise to fame or celebrity or fortune, if you will, then it would be quite, quite tempting to make that marriage of convenience. And until of course that marriage is no longer convenient, perhaps you could, mm. you could compare that to the United States and the CIA's training of Osama bin Laden. And then of course, what did that do? We see now that hindsight is 2020 and that came around and bit us in the ass, but isn't that really just quite a, a, a question of whether or not enemy of my enemy is my friend is really a legitimate strategy or tactics. Sometimes here, it works, you're sometimes to, it doesn't. You're, you're trying to take an entire government and make that the, the debating point there. This is an individual. This is Loomer's own choice. And this is not like Fuentes showed his true colors later on. He's always been this way. So we can talk about a marriage. Let's, let's you know, move on from this because I feel like this is a whole different topic. But the sure, but, but it served her well. Remember, it, yeah. it, 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 it you know, you can't, you can't. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, it has. I mean, look, I mean, listen, she, with the following that she has right now, she can earn a comfortable living and, and do quite well and not need, uh, you know, anyone else's, seek uh-huh. anyone else's approval. Right. And, and so, yeah, but if you'd like to move on, then, then we can. No, I just, I don't see how like partnering with the very same side that hates you, that wants you expelled from this country can benefit you in any, any way. I, I just doesn't make sense to me. Well, you're, you're, you're a lot like I was in the early days of my, of my libertarianism and that you really think people mean well, or that they do things for ideological reasons rather than self-interest. And I, and I, you know, in, in, in recent years, I've been reading much more Machiavelli and and uh, Art of War than I have been reading um, more ideological books because I understand the ideology. But the question is, how do we put our principles into practice? And, John, we can't sit here and decry that those who have been more successful and more powerful, who have gotten their policies across, who have established themselves into power, we can't question that their tactics aren't superior because they are. They've clearly been successful. And there's something to, you know, to be learned. Just, you know, whatever you don't like about Donald Trump, you cannot deny that there is a success factor there that is something to be learned from. And I, I've tried to, I tried to tell that to libertarians in 2016 mm. when I ran for president, John, that we need to learn from this person that, that even the most, even the worst person in the world has something to teach us. Right. And that's a good reason why we should probably read Osama bin Laden's letter. There's something to be learned there. Uh, and that is oh, yeah, that he that. Yeah, did yeah. indeed hate us for our freedom. He hated well, us for our freedom. Oh, 100%. But I want to go back to your other point, though, where you said that adopting their tactics, I'm not I'm not in disagreement with you, but I think there comes to a point, though, it's like, okay, well, let's talk about if, if your rationality is that how effective these tactics are, well, then let's look at the tactics of, say, for Hamas and stuff like this. They can be considered very effective. It doesn't mean they're going to be a tactic I want to actually utilize and employ. And the reason I'm bringing up Loomer's uh, association with Nick Fuentes is that now the Groypers have co-opted the idea of the Christ is King movement on Twitter, which I think is making it's going to make Loomer very nervous, though, because as that goes more mainstream, Mainstream. This is a groiper thing now. This is a a thing that has been mouthpieced by the likes of Candace Owens, uh, Benny Johnson, Charlie Kirk. That tried to they're trying to push this thing as like a Christian nationalist standpoint that the groipers have now joined in on. Them then, so while these tactics might be useful in the interim, give this a little while because I don't think this is going to end well for them. I, I sincerely don't. 
No, I agree. Uh, but we all think that the monster that we use to attack our enemies with won't eventually turn around and destroy yeah. us, yeah. but sometimes it does. We all, you know, and if that's the case, then the correct strategy, of course, is, is that as soon as you've unleashed the monster to to destroy your enemies, you have to kill it immediately, right? Perhaps yeah. the right strategy after using the, the Mujahideen in the 1980s uh, to, to, uh, to destroy the Soviet <laughs> Union would have... Would, would well, not to arm them, but perhaps to assess to 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 you know to take them all for a little trip somewhere and yeah. and you know execute them all and assassinate them before they could have ever come back and committed acts of terrorism against us all. But of course, the anti-war movement would have seen that as terrible and disgusting as awful anyway, despite the fact that it it would have been the correct strategy because it would have prevented 9/11. So unfortunately, we engage in this uh, this concept of presentism, and we all have not only a moral time machine, but we have actual time machine that we can look back and say. Well, here would have been the exact perfect thing for us to do. Yeah. You know, Laura Loomer probably looking back says, well, now I know, now I see that at the time it was the right idea, but now it's not, it's not a bad idea. And now it's, it's harming us. And, and we're seeing that, you know, with, uh, with the rabid anti-Semitism in the right and in much the same way of the libertarian movement, because, you know, a lot of uh, Arabists and is Islamists, and Marxists are, were very turned on by the libertarian message on foreign policy. It's mm -hmm. quite popular freedom uh, of uh, for not just freedom of movement from an immigration perspective, but also from a foreign mm -hmm. policy perspective. Not right? like, as far the, as the ideology the of freedom of movement to, to work with each other, because I think it's a very appealing idea for them to where it's like, you know, free speech, you got to say whatever we want. I mean, of course, I can, I can naturally see why that'd be a very appealing to them. Um, not so, I, I didn't mean well, that. Well, sure, sense but, the, of, like, but think about the foreign movement. policy. Yeah. No. Okay. Well. Well. But then also think about the the, the foreign policy of not, of non interventionism, yeah. which I I consider myself largely a non interventionist, but I, I'm not a purist in any sense of the word, mm -hmm. right? There's always an and and a but uh, to to any any sort of strategy or or philosophy or ideology. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just not an absolutist in that sense. But in regards to non interventionism or isolationism, right? Th this serves the the views of people yeah. who want us out of the Middle East, yeah. which which serves the interests of people like Osama bin Laden. It serves the interest of Hamas. It yeah. serves the interest of Russia. It serves the interest of of China. It serves the interest of our enemies around the world. That doesn't mean that it's the wrong strategy, but at least it we should know that it does serve our enemies to some extent, we should consider the implications of that. Right. right? And rather than be some ideologue and just say, we should do this because my, you know, every person who uh, is of my ideological ilk has written a book about this and this, we should follow it. Like it's uh, like it's the Bible or the only word of God. We should consider the implications of everything we do and that the unintended consequences of, in, of non-interventionism might actually be, more negative than of interventionism sometimes. And, you know, are, are we over there because uh, like, are, are they killing us because we're over there or are we over there because they're killing us? Yeah. Right. It does blowback. The, the question of blowback does blowback only work one way because I, because they, whenever I hear the, the word blowback tossed around, especially in my circles as a libertarian, it's always, well, it's blowback for what the United States has done for the, everything the United States has done is blowback. Okay. Well, what about what Hamas has yeah, done? Isn't exactly. Hamas just getting blowback right now? Yeah. Like well, the problem with the blowback argument is that it's that, that that's a two way street. Is it not? Yeah. Because we, I mean, essentially, I agree hundred percent. Do you feel like this is also being magnified in the Libertarian Party now with the isolationist and the lack of, uh, 
uh, interventionism uh, as far as foreign affairs go, because I keep seeing this argument being made in the libertarian circles as far as like we should do nothing, nothing involved, yada, yada. And then for me, it's kind of like mm-hmm. as far yeah. as like Israel goes, yes, I understand that and I agree with them, but there are other places kind of like, and I like how you talk about the blowback. Let's talk about troops stationed in Syria that are undergoing, you know, attacks from Iran proxies. Had those troops not been there, they wouldn't be getting attacked. So it's kind of like, which which side do we take on this one? To me, it's kind of like, you know, if we have troops there on peacekeeping missions and they get attacked, I think we have every right to respond accordingly to where it's like, look, unless we're the actual aggressors in which we've seen in the GWAT, we kind of were, but that was also the 9-11 thing. Then you talk about the letters of bin Laden. So it's almost like the Hamas Palestine uh, Gaza thing to where it's like, you know, who threw the first punch? And it's like, you can trace this all the way back as far as you want. It's like, but ultimately who's right, who's wrong? Well, here's the problem. First of all, foreign policy is very complex. And because of the complexities of it, there's this sort of uh, Anthony Fauci effect within the liberty movement where we have one, maybe two people who are considered to be authorities on foreign policy and everyone just, quote unquote, trust the science. Right. They, they all trust the science. And so everyone has outsourced their opinions on things to one or two people. And so what, what has happened is we get a lot of uh, ideological inbreeding. Mm-hmm. And so that, and what does inbreeding lead to? It leads to retardation, you know, <laughs> pejoratively and descriptively. Uh, I love that. It, it, you know, I mean that. I mean that. You've been catching a lot true. of heat it's on true, Twitter right? because all the liberty people or all the uh, libertarians they don't like you now because there's like, oh, Austin's a neocon. I'm like, eh, it's, it's actually not. It's, actually, it's not just. Yeah, go ahead. You know, it's not just libertarians. It's also Islamic fascists, right? I yeah. see. I see hundreds and hundreds of these people who are liking and 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 agreeing with them coming from you know uh, is, uh, you know sympathizers with Islamic terrorism, people who have ISIS flags in their profiles and things like that. So I, the libertarians, I think, are, are to a large extent useful idiots. But in, in regards to the, the, the problem, the problem of, of foreign policy here is that there is, there has to be somebody who's willing to get their hands dirty to advance ideas and policies that would actually get us to a non-interventionist view. And I have, and I have quizzed all of the libertarian leaders. I, listen, I've met my heroes. I've worked with my heroes. I know all of these people. I've read all of their books. And I have been disappointed in the responses that I've gotten when I say, okay, well, if we want to get there, how do we get there? Because you were saying, who's responsible? Who fired first? Who didn't fire first? Yeah. You know, Milton Friedman is loved and hated in libertarian circles because he actually advocated economic ideas. Some were right, some were wrong, but that were intermediate steps to get us towards libertarian solutions, to get us towards a more limited government. There is no ideological equivalent of Milton Friedman when it comes to foreign policy. There are only ideologues who say, it has to be black or white. It has to be all this or all that. Right. There are no Milton Friedman's who are advocating for a, for foreign policy views that would get us towards a non-interventionist view that I would like to see. I would like to see it. I don't want to spend uh, money uh, on Israel, but I also don't want to spend as much money as we do on all of their enemies. Right. right. And if I had to make a political compromise, I would cut every dime of spending to all of Israel's enemies before I'd cut a penny to Israel. But right. I would still say that it, it's it's not our business in the end. Yeah. But again, that kind of a political compromise is what gets you labeled a neocon, rather than you know looking at it and saying, hey, listen, this is an actual limited government approach. I would like a total overall cut in spending, including in foreign aid. But it, but here's the thing, John, I'm not so stupid as to believe that if the United States was not the policeman of the world, somebody that else would Pax be. Americana or Pax. That it wouldn't exactly, or that that would necessarily be better 
for, for, for liberty, right? Just like I can, I can totally understand and respect the idea, the ideas of secession or breaking up the United States into more constitutional republics and having more state sovereignty and, and respecting the Amendment. I can understand that and how that might lead to more liberty, but I can also see how it might lead to less liberty and how Missouri might go to war with Kansas and Texas might say to hell with all of y'all and go to war with all of us just because they can and they can kick all of our asses. Right? There, there, there are counterpoints to every problem that we have. And if we can't have, if we can't have a conversation about nuance, if everyone's an ideologue in all this, yeah. we're just heading towards a, 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 essentially a cold war of ideologies, yeah. which I think is, is happening because of the, the polarization in our country. I want to shift back. And by the way, this is Austin Peterson joining us on the phone right now. He is AP for Liberty on Twitter, Instagram. He does the uh, Wake Up America. Uh, it's Wake Up and Freedom America. What was an actual you, you Wake a, Up America show? Wake Up America show. But you say you, your your catchphrase is what's your catchphrase? It's Wake Up and Freedom. <laughs> Uh, rise and freedom. Rise and freedom. There we go. Uh, Austin Peterson joins us. I want to go back to the anti-Semitism that we're seeing. Um, I've made this point a few times that right now with the GOP infighting, that naturally is going to happen anytime you're in a primary. It's going to happen whether it be on the left or the right. But the anti-Semitism that has been showcased a lot on the left with the likes of Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, and I don't make these accusations of anti-Semitism just generally because I feel like the terms racist, bigot, it's just been driven into the dirt. It's lost its meaning because people apply it um, in the wrong situations because it's turned into that anybody I don't like is a Nazi, anybody that doesn't agree with me is a liberal. Yeah, it's like, no, there's a difference here. But I do feel like you know, vast examples of anti-Semitism displayed on the left is also growing to the point where it's threatening the DNC right now. You're not seeing a lot of uh, the DNC representation in Congress. I'm really pushing back on the Rashida Tlaibs, on the uh, the Ilhan Omars, but they are, you know, they're, they're, they're magnifying these things, like, for example, from the river to the sea, and then in a true Marxist fashion, Tlaib tries to go out there and say, well, that's not what it means. Like, that's exactly what it means. Do you see this, like, becoming a thing that, oh, I, the point I keep trying to make is the, the GOP needs to hone in on this. This is something we should be utilizing to our benefit, but we're not. You're, are you seeing a growing rise in anti-Semitism on the right as well? Oh, of course there is. Uh, absolutely. But there always has been. I mean, like it, it, depending on how you define left or right, because we could say all day long Nazis are socialists. That means they're leftists. But I mean, Nazis who are, in, you know, who are intellectual Nazis, of which there are some few, but still there are some national socialists. They do. The, they see themselves as right wing because right. they are uh, uh, author, authoritarian imperialists, fascists. And, and many of them Catholics. Remember, there was a Nazi pope, for example, mm. right? And, and the, the rise of Hitler in Yugoslavia is a really good case study if you want to uh, understand how anti-Semitism can grow uh, uh, based around movements of people who are very poor uh, and who are easily controlled and duped by their religion to hate a people who say that there is, that we don't believe in your religion. Well, Ben Shapiro is getting in a lot of trouble. He's getting a lot of heat right now. Not, not because Ben Shapiro necessarily supports Israel. That might be part of it. But it's because he doesn't believe in Jesus.
share it here. Uh, I'm going to paste in the chat there. Boom, we pasted it. Um, okay, this is called MAGA Influencers Sloganize Christ is King as a Cudgel. Now, before you pass judgment on this one, I'm trying to explain to you what's going on on Twitter right now and the whole crisis king thing being a buzzword for anti-Semitism, and it's actually true. But I'm going to actually lay out for you how it actually was. Um, when you think human beings can't go any lower, then, okay, so hold on. Candace Owens comes out there, and, you know, since the get-go, we talked about this yesterday on the show with uh, Shannon Joy, who, again, thank you for coming on the show. We talked about how Candace Owens has been very milquetoast on this Israel debate, Israel versus Palestine debate. She's been kind of giving some subtle little wink-wink nods nods to the genocidal accusations being levied at Israel by Gaza, Palestinian protesters around the world. And she's not really taken a definitive stance, but she's given certain little head nods towards it. You know where she stands. She just won't say it. So she's been kind of doing this. She had a, um, uh, a comedian on. His name is, um, excuse me, Amy Kozak. Amy Kozak goes on her show, and he describes the Muslim quarter in Israel. And this is just to show you that Candace doesn't really know what she's talking about here. And she says that, you know, the Muslim quarter, it's like these are where the Muslims are forced to live, right? And she's like, it doesn't really sound like a bastion of freedom to me. And he's like, well, no, no, it's not like that. It's kind of like, you know, they choose to live there. I've got this on the blog. You can go check it out. Um, so she kind of puts her foot in her mouth there. And so it continues on. And finally, she uses this quote. She says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And she tweets this out amid the temperature in the political room being saying, hey, what Israel is doing is wrong. It's genocide, when in fact it's actually not. But when she quotes the scripture at that time, we all know who she's actually implying this towards. This is what Candace does. She makes a jab. She leaves it out there to where it can be like a neutral statement, but it's not. You know why you're making that statement. And then Shapiro comes back at her and says, Candace, if you feel like taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. And this is what Candace's tactic is, is actually is between her, Kirk, all the, the turning point influencers. And she says, you've been acting unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. This is the gaslighting. And we all have to had to sit back and allow it and have to all try to uh, exercise exceeding understanding for your raw emotion. Okay, this is more gaslighting. But she says, but you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. She threw the bait out there. You're using scripture to shroud the fact that you stand with Palestine against Israel, which if that's your stance, make it your stance and stop being a coward. Stop sitting there and saying, ah, blah, blah. just say I am for Palestine. There's nothing wrong with it. If that's what you want to then say it. It's the freedom of speech. Do it. But then it doesn't stop there. She says, you are utterly out of line for suggesting that I cannot quote biblical scripture. The Bible is, is, is not about you. Candace, Ben in nowhere said you can't quote scripture. It's the reasoning as to the why you're quoting that specific scripture right there. Can everybody see what she's trying to do this? Can, can everybody see this? Stir the pot. Stir the pot. And then... Look at this. The likes of Jack Sobasek, Benny Johnson, Candace Owens all start saying Christ is king. Isn't it interesting they try and use this identity to go after her Jewish boss? Saying, well, you can't tell me I can't quote scripture. Ben never said you couldn't. He said, why are you quoting that scripture? And if, it, if again, if your stance feels that, you know, you're going against, you know, your religious beliefs by taking money from Daily Wire, you could quit. But it doesn't stop there. Candace Owens has only tweeted Christ is King twice in the last 72 hours of her posting that. Literally, it's here. You can see it on her Twitter account. Never before has she ever tweeted, tweeted anything like that. So now we've created the slogan 
to weaponize this idea that a Jew doesn't want you to quote biblical scripture. That's never what Ben Shapiro said. So again, the Overton window shifted from her, her positioning on Palestine to, oh, now it's about Jews trying to tell Christians you can't tweet certain scriptures. Again, you're strawmanning this to an entirely different argument, an argument that just, again, has no grounds whatsoever. He never said that. But then suddenly Charlie Kirk comes out, and what does he do? He says, I am generally confused why asking questions and quoting Bible verses about peace warrants a call to resign from Daily Wire. He didn't tell her to resign. Again, more gaslighting. Kirk knows what he's doing here. So Kirk interjects him. He says, there should, be, there should be more room in the conservative movement for disagreement. We can do better than this. Kirk, that's very funny. You've gaslit your entire tweet. Ben never told her to resign. He said, if this essentially goes against your theological morals, you can quit. He didn't say Candace resign. He said, the ball's in your court. Kirk, you know better. You're a liar. You are a charlatan. You are not a conservative. You back a neocon show like Trump. I, I disagree with you. He says again, you know, call to resign from the Daily Wire. Where'd they call for her to resign? Where? And then it doesn't stop there. Elijah Schaefer, who was fired from the blaze, the Christian archetype himself, says the anti-MAGA right-wing crowd is now anti-Christ as king. This should clarify a lot. Interesting. The anti-MAGA right-wing crowd is now Antichrist as king. Trying to say that anyone that is against MAGA now has an issue with Christianity. Do, do you see how they have co-opted this? But here's the crazy part. The Christ is king now, on Candace's post about Christ is king, Nick Fuentes is right under there saying the exact same thing. So now, what was once actual white nationalism at the hands of Fuentes and the groupers has now being devolved into the Christ is king. They're wanting to take on a Christian nationalist approach by saying... Christians should dominate this country. Christians should be running the government. Everybody else should be removed. It's a very slimy tactic. And Annan, Owens, Kirk, Johnson, Sobasek, the rest of them have ushered this in. Because what they're trying to do now is pit that group against the Daily Wire group. And what better than to utilize the boss, who is a Jewish person, to further your advancement of your narrative of this is a, Druge, a Jew trying to oppress a Christian. Do you see how this false narrative... Do you see how this false narrative has been, again, written by the Turning Point people? Isn't that funny to you? That's what they do. That's, that's, that's what they're doing here. Which I, th I find it funny that Elijah Schaefer, who, uh, again, uh, this is, he was fired from the blaze for um, sexual assault allegation, which I know the, very, the reasoning behind that. Sarah Gonzalez probably has a lot to say about that. Interesting, Elijah, that you want to sit there and take a stand for Christianity when you can't keep your hands to yourself. Hmm. Interesting. Now, again, ye that is without sin, fair enough. But don't you sit there and prop people up as if like, oh, they hate Christ. You're not exactly, and none of us are the best examples of Christianity. But come on, dude, really? Like you really want to interject yourself into this conversation when it wasn't that long ago? Okay, fair enough. Ah, you got to love it. Um, yeah, what do you think their their goal is there? 
As far as what? Just like stirring the pot. I think Owens and the rest of them want to get fired from Daily Wire. Her contract's probably almost up. I think she she signed an annual contract. The biggest thing is I have to question, why did you ever hire her to begin with? She has nothing but problems that follow her everywhere she goes. But if you want to bring that into your company for the sake of getting more viewership, I think it was actually probably the wrong kind of hire. I think she should go back to Turning Point and work with them. Um, again, I think a lot of the things she says, she talked about how a lot of the Never Trumpers uh, are Democrats or, you know, it's like, that's actually not true at all. Her statements, her generalizations are highly inaccurate. She does not know when it, it's what she doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to Israel. She's made that very apparent through the interviews that she's done, where she makes these very ignorant statements that are not rooted in any kind of real world experiences. She's even referenced Jim Crow era South Jim Crow era South. I mean, but in regards to Israel. Yeah. Why do you think she's just to get fired from the, I don't know. Or that is she just ignorant. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, um, what, what, I don't think she's ignorant. I don't think she, she's, I don't think she's Occam's razor, man. Usually the most simplest explanation is, is the rationalization behind why she's doing it. I mean, well, if you I think she's ignorant on Israel. Of her career, she's, I mean, Candace, I think, no, she comes again. This was 2015 when Candace Owens is actually a Democrat. She was a, a big time Democrat that started up her operation to dox conservatives. This is very well known. She has a, a, a history of doing this and then shrouding herself from any type of criticism using her religion right now is what she's doing as a means of, of doing that. And it's very disingenuous. It's very bad faith. But when you see the likes of Charlie Kirk, Jack Sobosek, and the rest of them rallying around this saying, wait a minute, don't criticize people using Christianity. It's like he's not. You're straw manning this. But that's how stupid these people think you and me and many of you out there that are listening to the show on Twitter. That's how stupid they think you are. They they utilize this narrative they concoct. They pull it out of the ether and say, well, now Ben Shapiro hates Jews because now the new talking points like I'm glad Austin Peterson brought it up is like, well, Ben Shapiro lost me when he thought that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. You do realize he's a Jew. Wait till you find out about Islam. They don't think he was either. And so what I've seen, and this is where we see the Christian nationalism really start to take root in America. Now it's going to turn into, instead of white nationalism, that Nick Fuentes and the rest of them have embraced so much out there because the great replacement theory is that, you know, we have to stop all this immigration because white people are slowly being essentially cast out of society. We're being replaced by minorities and minority cultures where they come from is not the best culture out there. That's his take. So now he's trying to incorporate white nationalism with Christian nationalism which eventually is going to fall back into white national. Only white Christians matter. So I think that like Floyd was like, do black Christians matter? Do Asian Christians matter? Or is it only white Christians? So we'll see. But anytime you see Owens, who, by the way, defended Kanye West's anti-Semitic uh, tweets about I'm about to go DEFCON 2.0 in the Jews. He goes, wait a minute. It's not anti-Semitic. It's like, uh... When you kind of say it in that context, it sounds pretty. At the, and then, of course, Kanye goes off and says, I love Hitler. It's like, Kanye or Candace, defend this, please. I challenge you, defend this. So what the reasoning why she's doing this, I think she's trying to get fired, but I also think she's actually really stupid when it comes to Israel. I think she steps on landmines of her own accord, her own choosing, and then she sits there and plays the victim. Pedro Gonzalez was at her with her on Twitter the other day, and then she fell back and played, the, I'm a pregnant woman, don't criticize me. It's like, then stop getting in the arena of debate if you're pregnant. If you care so much about that child, stop debating Pedro. So it's just, it's one of these things. It's always a victim. There's always a victim class. And I, I think people are just fed up with it, but... On the good note, though, I've seen a lot of Trump people combating this saying, wait a minute, I'm MAGA. She's wrong on this 
people in Elijah Schaefer's comments like, I'm MAGA, you're wrong on this. People that are disagreeing with the reasoning as to why they're using Christ as king, it's because you're using buzzwords from anti-Semites that are taking your side. They're trying to rally people. So well done. Good job. You're supporting anti-Semitism in a very roundabout way. And they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. It's disgusting. It's perverse. But that's what's been going on in the Twitter world for like the last 48 hours or 72 hours, in case anybody was wondering. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of people took that Trump um, presidency in 2015, 2016 as an opportunity to make money. Oh, Owens definitely did. She oh, definitely did. Well, I She's, think a lot of people did. 100%. I mean, that was one of my concerns at the very yeah. beginning was like, okay, well, you got to watch for some of these, you know, chicken hawks out there. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. are going to you know, come to you under the idea like of true the, liberty. Yeah. Like the QAnon stuff. Oh, my God. Like they're going to take advantage of people who are patriots who only want the government to stay out of their lives, pay yeah. lower taxes, mm-hmm. not get out of proxy wars mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Uh, it just comes with all these grifters. Yeah. And then there's there's a lot of this grifters. Where it starts to sow division. Yeah. Like, most of us don't know anything about the Israel-Gaza conflict. We know that they went over there, they bombed Israel, or they killed yeah. 1,400 people. It was the same with Ukraine. Nobody yeah. knew. Nobody could we have pointed where. We don't know anything where. about it over yeah. here. So better just to stay out and say, if, if that's what happened, let Israel go in and do what they have to do. I don't care. I just yeah. don't want my money to continuously go to, pr- to proxy wars. I you agree. Know what I mean? I'm, I'm right there in agreement with you. I feel like, you know, as Israel being an ally, we can politically support them, which I think is what we should be doing. The fact, though, is where I disagree with most people out there. I shouldn't say most, but I think people on the, well, I'm not for, like you said, I'm not for committing troops and I'm not yeah. for committing money because here's the reason. They get $3 billion from us annually. They have for a very, 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 very long time. They have enough money. They can handle it on their own. They're big boys. They don't need us there. Yeah. We shouldn't be the only, and this is where I disagree with some people out there and they don't understand my positioning on this is I do agree with the commitment of troops to get U.S. hostages out of there. Yeah. Yes. When you've got Americans and again. This is the point that I've tried to argue with many people out there. This is not the same as the global war on terror where I'm saying we should go in there, invade, and then commit to 20 years of nation building. That's not what I'm saying. You've got spec ops for, spec ops for a reason. This is their job. This is what they're good at. Quick reaction, direct action forces for going in there and extraction, hostage extractions. They're amazing at this. This is what they train to do. So let them do their jobs. Attach them to the IDF. Go in there like hunting dogs. Get these people out and then come home. Bring them home. But that's not me saying we should commit conventional ground forces in this war. No. But when you touch the hair on Americans' head, America should be able to stand up and say, if you do that, we will strike back. We will strike back. That's why I feel like, you know, people that are like criticizing Nikki Haley for threatening to strike back Iran. It's like, well, she's actually kind of right there. If Iran is doing proxy attacks on American bases where American contractors and American advisors are serving and Iran conducts these attacks, then by all means, bomb the shit out of Iran. Stop screwing with us. But until you do that, what are they going to do? They're like hyenas on a carcass. They're just going to nibble and they're just going to nibble. And then before we know it, they're going to bite and they're going to bite and they're going to start taking large chunks. What's the line? I have a question to my libertarian friends in the center of the aisle. What's the line of the sand? How many hostages before you will say that, you know what, we're warranted in a retaliation strike? Is it 30? Is it 40? Is it 50? How many? That's the question. I never see pragmatic approaches from libertarians primarily on how to deal with the Israel-Gaza situation. Therefore, no interventionism. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly agreeing with them. But then they go so far as saying that Israel itself should not be retaliating. And it's like, well, then give me an approach Israel can take to fixing this issue. And they never do. It's always, what about the children? If you're going to make that the, the focal point of your argument, well, then there should be no retaliation strikes whatsoever at all. I'm sorry, but that's not the way the world works. That is just not the way it works. 
When you come over and kill some of ours, we're going to do the same thing to you. Because what they've done is they've made fair a four-letter word when it comes to the three-letter word, war. War and fair do not go hand in hand. That's why war should be avoided at all costs. But if war is upon us and it cannot be averted, then by all means, you go in there to win. And if you don't like that, then like Austin said, don't start none, won't be none. Yeah. And I understand, like, the, you know, the point here is very nuanced, but still, it's like we cannot sit there and let the enemy just take bites and bites and bites. This is not me saying we should commit to another 20 year of a global war. No, it's not what I'm saying. But there should be a happy medium of if you touch us, we are going to smack you back. We're going to straight up backhand you. Now, do so. you think if they were uh, black lesbians being held over there hostage? If it was Brittany, and this is the thing I don't understand. We can sit there and say that if Brittany Grenier, who I believe is trans, which is just, again, it's the intersectional bingo card. Oh, yeah, gay, trans, black, bro, president. That's presidential material right there, according to the left. But if Brittany Grenier, who, by the way, had been playing in Russia for six years prior on the basketball teams there. She knew that cannabis oil or weed, whatever it was, was illegal there. She brought it there. Then you willfully knew that you were violating Russian law. Do I think she should have been locked up? No, of course not. That's an over, that's an over uh, application of quote unquote Russian justice. But that was done for a bargaining chip. What do they do? We negotiate with terrorism. They got the merchant of death. Boom. This guy's over there funding probably Hamas. So great job there. But the Americans, by and large, cared more about Brittany Grenier coming home, which, by the way, we left two white people that are still over there in the gulag. Yeah. They're still there. But if we get 30 American hostages, 30 people that are over there just having a good time, probably dropping Molly or accident, an Israeli, like, and they're doing some little freedom festival, and they suddenly get captured, they weren't breaking any laws. They weren't doing anything wrong. So if we truly believe that Americans have every right to freedom, no matter where they go, now I'm not talking about in, the, in, in relation to breaking law, which they weren't, but why aren't we going in there and saying, okay, it's time to go get her. Yeah. But we traded the merchant of death for Brady Grenier. That's right. Blows my mind. Blows my mind, folks. 100%. 100%. We need her back. Oh, we got to get the black lesbians back because they do so much for society. Yeah. The, yeah. the trans, absolutely great job. Anyway, hit that follow button if you're a new, new listener. We appreciate y'all being here. I'm John. This is Josh. You can follow me at John Burke 39 on Twitter. Let's get on to the next topic of discussion. You can call in anytime, 214-817-1689. Next topic of discussion, squad members taking heat over funding from nonprofit under investigation for terroristic ties. Fox Business correspondent Hillary Vaughn responds on the latest backlash facing squad members who receive funding. Let's see. Okay, it's actually on. Never mind. It's, it's not an actual article. So the difference here, though, is what people were trying to make the argument in regards to what constitutes free speech and what constitutes actual um, treason. You can say that, hey, I support, I support Hamas and their endeavor to fight Israel. You can say that. That that's completely free speech. What you can't do is say, hey, I am figuring, or I have this program that we're raising money and we're sending to a terrorist organization. And that terrorist organization has said, we want to kill Americans. Therefore, they are American. That is legitimately treason. You don't have the right to do that. You can call that free speech. That's called empowering the enemies of the Amer America. And that's actually against the law. That's treason. Now, if this can be proven, that they took money from a nonprofit that damn well they know has ties to treasonous actions, they should be held accountable. Let's take a call. Number is 214-817-1689. Give us a call. Yellow. Yo. Yo. What's up? <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Got you loud and clear, man. What's going on? 
All right, I just wanted to uh, uh, talk about the, uh, the Bin Laden letter. Well, not yeah. the letter itself, just uh, what's going on about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, my, my, my thing is, the, the ideo- basically, it goes over ideology and reasons, and, and a lot of the uh, Gen Z guys, people are, are uh, falling for it, or, you know, being sympathetic with it, which mm-hmm. is whatever. But um, a lot of the doors, I, my opinion on that is that there's ideologies all over the world that can we can go back and forth on, you know, for, for the rest of our lives because it ever, you know, everybody's different. Right. So with that being said, you know, nobody, I'm sure everybody has a reason. Every, uh, uh, there's ideologies out there that have reasons to attack the United States. They don't, it's not, that's not a legit reason or a good reason. It probably is legit. Who knows? In their mind, yeah. But with that being, with that being said, you know, we're, you're, uh, you're, we, you know, kowtow to them. Hello? Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. If we can't be gullible enough to be like, well, let's, uh, you know, put our guard down because now we are sympathetic with them, so they won't attack us, you mm-hmm. know, for whatever reason. So I think a lot of the people get caught up in the fight with that or arguing over ideologies, and they forget the basics of, uh, you know, lock your, lock, you know, secure your area, you know, yeah. secure your perimeter. Yeah. And we've, we've, have we're losing them yeah you got some bad reception no, start, start the conflict. you're breaking up there my man i think your 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 wi-fi or something's kind of cutting out thank you for your call i agree with you i i i'm not sitting there saying hopefully you're not misunderstanding me i see the point that you're making that no we should we should allow this stuff to be said 100 you should never you should never squash the opposing voice but be willing to debate it um, that, that's the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not, I don't know if that, if you were countering that, but I think your point was that, you know, they should be allowed to talk, but don't let your guard down. Don't, you know, think they're coming to you in good faith without some type of violent reasoning at the, uh, as to why they're doing that. I, I think that might be your point. I'm not sure you were kind of, that's what I got out it was, it. you were rubber banding really bad there. I'm sorry. We couldn't really fully understand you. Um, Anyway, welcome to the stream, people. Appreciate that. I think Rumble's featuring us today. Awesome. Awesome to see that. Make sure you hit that follow button. Greatly appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> I never thought. What world are we living in? Michael Rappaport. This dude has been one of the most anti-Trump. And again, I'm not voting for Trump, but this dude has been one of the yeah, biggest. Anti- I'm not doing it, bro. Maybe. Shut up, Josh. Shut up. I uh, This guy has been one of the biggest leftist snowflakes since the Trump presidency that I have ever seen. My name is Michael Webb, but this guy is such a nerd. Nobody likes him. But you can tell that the DNC has some major issues. I've said this so many times. Thank goodness for the morons like Michael Rappaport coming out there and making these ignorant statements in regards to saying, maybe voting for Donald Trump's back on the table. That's my impression of Michael Rappaport, as, as, as bad as it might sound. But this is the same guy that said, you know, I am never voting Trump, blah, 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 blah. But the reason why Rappaport is now, and I don't think he's going to vote Trump, but the reason this is even being brought up in the conversation is the blatant anti-Semitism that has been showcased on the left time and time and time. And I think he's Jewish. Yeah. I think he is. He's very, but well, so again, I mean, like, isn't most of Hollywood comprised of uh, Jewish people? I don't know. I think it is. Either way, it still goes to prove that it's like, you know, the anti-Semitism displayed over there. This 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 is not going to be ignored. Yeah, well, if, this is not going to be, and this is blowing the DNC wide open. And, and I wish the GOP would really, like I said, 
take advantage of this and start running these ads saying, look what the D look what the DNC is allowing. You know, it just it blows my mind how anybody can sit there and think that when you elect representatives from these high high Muslim populated areas of such as Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, did you really think did you honestly think they were going to come over into this country, take advantage of our freedoms, the economic opportunity, and not bring with them their theocratic dictatorship beliefs? Of course they were going to. These are Muslims. Look at look at her defense of Palestine. She goes out there and she supports the idea of from the river to the sea. Folks, which river and which sea and what lies in between it? That would be Israel. And then she sits there and says, oh, it's not anti-Semitic. Bull crap, it's not. Are you kidding me to sit there and say, well, from the river to the sea, we're going to until Palestine is free, meaning wipe them off the map. But then we say, turn Gaza into a parking lot. Then you pearl clutch. Then you, oh, genocide. How but you literally you. scream it in every chant that you've got. Matter of fact, there was an article, there was a video circulating on Twitter right now about in the in, Ira, in Ireland, you have this Muslim dude standing up in this little mock debate saying that we will make October 7th happen again. And he goes after this Jewish girl. And it's like, this is what your, this is what your religion promotes. This is exactly what you've promoted. And you've promoted this since, you know, since we've been in this global war on terrorism to sit there and deny to deny, and I'm not talking about all Islam. I'm talking about the zealots within it. And there is a lot of zealotry that occurs within Islam right now. You cannot deny that. You see it in every single Palestinian protest. They get violent. Interesting. It's almost like you're a culture rooted in violence. But to go back to my main point, when you've got the likes of Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar that are elected and embraced by the DNC and say, oh, look at these minority representations that we have. It's like... Do you think they regret it now? Uh, I think they do. That monster they've helped build or they've helped feed and groom has now grown up and it's biting them in the ass. Well, you know, going back to Rappaport, mm. you know, Such a the moron. Jewish or the uh, Hollywood being, you know, mainly comprised of a lot of Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that works against the uh, Democrats at this point because of all their support? I like, think it will. Yeah, yeah. Biden come out and yeah. call for a ceasefire and yeah. kind of taking the Palestinian side. Biden is trying to, he's, he is taking the Israeli side. He is trying to fence is it he? as best. Yeah, he is trying to fence it, but it's not working know, yeah. for him. It's not know. working for him. I think he's getting a lot of pressure. Like, oh, he's definitely getting a lot of pressure, but he is still, he's still backing Israel. He's trying to negotiate a ceasefire, give, to throw some scraps to the Palestinian leftists out there. But it's not working. Uh, even suggesting a ceasefire oh, yeah. at this point is a slap in the face to every Israeli. And I think Netanyahu was correct in his response saying until they release all the hostages, absolutely not. Actually, I think that yeah. is 100% the correct. Right. He's like, no, until they release. But I think they've talked about they're going to release up to 50 hostages for a potential ceasefire. And it's like all you're doing is allowing them to reorganize, redistribute ammunition. It's like, ah, I wouldn't. It's like, nope, there is no negotiating. You either give them all up or we're going to come in and we're going to decimate all of you. That's just, that's just, you do not negotiate with terrorists. We just gave up $6 billion for the five American hostages Iran had. And look with that. And again, that funding, again, you know, if once that funding goes through, because I don't believe it's been submitted yet, but once it goes through, guess where that money's going? Yeah. Right to Palestine. More yeah. weapons, more ammunition. And don't even think for a second, we're not fighting a proxy war with Russia over there because you, you know Russia's helping them out. You know they are. What Hollywood name do you think would really scare the uh, Democrats that would come out and say they would vote for Donald Trump? Would be if good. he was still alive, because Michael Rappaport, what Epstein? is he like, like a D-list actor? <laughs> Weinstein, right? I don't know. But uh, if they had like a high caliber Hollywood, being that you're actor, asking me the question, I think you already have somebody in mind. Who is it? I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious myself because you had so many of these Hollywood, Hollywood elites coming out, and like yeah. Joe Biden supporting him, and yeah. Donald Trump's the devil, and all yeah. this other stuff. So if you have, you know, two, three, four of these. 
Hollywood actors come out. Well, and say, I you know, will say uh, this: Gal Gadot, she is. A, she, I think she, she served out, yeah. in the IDF for a little while. She's yeah. Israeli. Uh, she's come out and massively against Hamas. Wonder uh, Woman, massively, yeah. yeah. She's actually been doing, it. and nobody's called to cancel her, and they're not going to. Which is interestingly enough uh, something that we haven't seen the left go after. But because you, most of Hollywood is run true, by yeah. Jewish people. Yeah. I mean, that's now you've got the <laughs> now you got the Palestinian supporting leftists versus the 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 Jewish leftists or the Jewish Democrats. It's like wow. I'm here for this. I'm honestly here for this fight. I yeah, love to see it. Curious. To, yeah. Curious to see how it uh, pans out for him. Um, actor Michael Rappaport says that voting for pig dick Donald Trump is on the table and urges followers to go to Breitbart.com. Like too many actors, after his career cooled, Rappaport sought to keep his fame alive online by saying outrageously dumb things on the internet. This is actually true. Uh, other than being middle-aged white guy affecting, uh, affecting a black accent, the beautiful girl's 1996 star didn't stand out. His tired shtick involved the same tired shtick we all see over left-wing Hollywood. Call Trump a bunch of nasty names and wait for the applause. Rappaport is Rob Rainier and Stephen King, but, you know, from the streets. Yeah, he does try and act like he's a street dude. That guy's such a nerd. Uh, if you look at the polls where former President Donald Trump is polling better against his fraudulently Joe Biden at any time in 2020, the reality is that it's it's like to live under Biden's left-wing extremism has changed a lot of minds. After being gaslit by the corporate media for seven years into caring about the things that don't matter, like Trump's mean tweets, people are focusing on what does matter, the economy, crime, not allowing millions of young, unvetted third-world men over the border, and basic morality, i.e. drag queens in schools and siding with Hamas. Um, in his latest YouTube video, Rappaport, who apparently stopped pretending to be black, uh, blacker than Richard Roundtree, comes right out and says, Dick Stain Donald Trump, who I had a conversation with, I might vote for that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I'll break your hearts. Let's listen to what Rappaport has to say. Uh, I only saw like a brief Twitter video. Apparently, he posted something on YouTube. Let's give it a listen. One second. Too far, too deep down the Michael Rappaport Full truth and nothing but the truth. I cannot stand this guy. I am down now for the full truth and nothing but Michael Rappaport. I'm like, dude, there's it's it sounds like something's clogging up your nasal pad. I just want to yank it out. Just drag it out. Anyway, let's keep going. Abbott hole to pull back Sorry. now. But that is the third fucking job this year. See, a lot of times I'm assuming it doesn't even get to me. There's been other things too. There's been other things too. There's other times where I'm sure, like, I don't for Dick Stain Donald Trump who I had conversations with, I might vote for that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I'll break the fucking... Oh, yeah, I'll break your hearts. Let me tell you something. Things don't get straightened up in this fucking world ASAP. And I know Smoking Joe has said the right thing about Israel. But when I'm seeing motherfuckers in New York City climb in public in front of crowds of people, rip down UN flags... Rip down Israeli flags, rip down American flags on Veterans Day. When the economy is the way the economy is, when I'm paying fucking mortgage rates up the wonk up. I mean, I'm don't don't you love it? Don't you love it? Like I said, well, folks, if you listen to this show any period of time, when have I told you I'm not even going to finish the statement? I will let chat and rumble finish it for me. What have I said repeatedly? When it comes to liberals caring about who's in office, when is the only time liberals will actually take a stance when it comes to Democrats being in office? What is it that has to affect them before they actually stand up and choose the right side? Rumble chat, where are you in this one? What have I said time and time again? Um, let's wait for somebody to answer. He literally just proves my point. Am I going to say it? 
There it is. Spaz says they don't care until it hits their wallets. I've made that point time. Why don't I have my own massive show? Why don't we have a massive production company wrapped around us? Because dang it, we're like political prophesiers over here. And here's liberal extraordinaire Rappaport. You know, I'm paying more mortgage rates. Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, well, but it's funny to me. mother doing the same thing that you are. Yeah. But isn't bag. it funny that he says, they're ripping down flags. Rappaport, where were you when the BLM was doing the exact same thing in places like California and New York and destroying black-owned businesses? Where were you then? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Seattle. Where are you then? And then you want to sit there and use veterans as your means of saying, you know, it's on Veterans Day. Matt, Michael, you don't give a damn about veterans because if you cared about veterans, you'd be sitting there saying like, hey, burning flags is probably a little disrespectful to the veteran community because that's the flag they fought under, they fought for. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be allowed to do it, but you should at least keep consistent in your principles, supposedly, across the board. We get a call? It's your brother. Um, but he doesn't do that, though. But I do, again, when it impacts liberals' wallets, then they start caring. Isn't it funny? And Michael Rappaport pushed for Joe Biden. Biden, I'm sorry. You cannot sit there and tell me that Joe Biden did not make clear his policy stances from day one. Yeah, he was very he clear. He said it very clearly, and you promoted him. You promoted him. You wanted him in office. Then you sit there, you go, oh, we're paying more in taxes and mortgage rates. Bro, what did you think was going to happen? He said he was going to raise taxes. He talked about getting us off of, you know, basically cutting the drilling for the green piece. And then what does it do? All you've done is increase manufacturing on Middle Eastern energy, oil. Again, this is once more how liberalism is truly a psychological disorder. You are flat out blatantly full scale window licking helmet wearing retards. You are. You sit there and you say the same things that we keep posting in your face. Like, hey, if you elect Biden, he's going to put us on foreign energy. Prices are going to skyrocket. The economy will be infected or massively impacted. And what do you do? Well, I hate Donald Trump so much that I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. Look where it got us. Stupid. Look where it got us. Look, Trump was not the best dude out there with the mean tweets. I get it. But I will concede to Josh's point. The economy was doing good until he shut it down. Was, how, how, we many did wars good. Were how many new wars were started under Donald Trump? Fair enough, but you can say the same about Obama and everybody else. How many new wars were started? Well, Obama was uh, droning a lot of countries. Like, oh, uh, Biden yeah, Trump like, war too. I, yeah. I know when he first came in. We took dropped, out that Iranian gym, but I'm not saying they yeah. weren't justified. But to say that we didn't get into any new wars, like that's kind of a status quo. It's like, hey, you didn't rape anybody today. Good job. It's like, uh, I don't want. Yeah, fair enough. You know, is it the same? It's kind of like, yes, we should. That should be across the board as far as saying, like, no one should be pushing Obama. for that. You know, Russia pushed I'm not into, saying Obama was a yeah, good president. Russia pushed by into now. Georgia. No, yeah. Okay, so. At the behest of who? That was the EU. EU facilitated so, that. But then also, that was, was also during the presidency of Obama, who Vice President uh, Biden was when the uh, conflict in Ukraine kicked off and that civil war started. CIA involvement got involved, and suddenly you went from a pro Russian presidency administration in Ukraine to a pro Western because then you had the border barisma get stood up. You saw Hunter Biden get position on that one. Obama had a massive hand in that. That's why oh, I keep yeah. saying this Ukraine thing was facilitated, facilitated under the Obama administration. So people that are talking about like Democrats, specifically like Michael Rappaport, you're talking about you want to send troops. This was caused by Obama. Yeah, you're fighting Obama's, for their money. This is Obama's war. So if you want to go over there and fight in Ukraine, send Democrat children. You voted for this clown. This was been proven. And then we'll sit there and it's like you have all this evidence and then Mike Johnson comes out. This is what well, we're not going to impeach. 
all this evidence, Marjorie Taylor Greene claims to have dug it. I'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor Greene, but all this evidence, it doesn't look good. So at least do the impeachment and let's see if we can at least get it to trial in the Senate. Let's just see because you never know. Because by Michael Rappaport's statement here, clearly the Democrat voters are not happy. So what yeah, does that mean? Not vote for Joe Biden. Democrat voters are going to reflect that in their representation and watch the DNC representation in Congress slowly start to change their tone a little bit. So it was like, wait a minute, maybe Biden is guilty. This maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should do an investigation. And what is that going to do? It's open up the doorway to say, hey guys, we don't tolerate the you know. Those that are morally bankrupt and compromised, we are going to impeach Joe Biden. Then it ushers in Gavin Newsom. Potentially. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could easily segue into that to where Democrats can be Pontius Pilate and say, oh, we wash our hands of Joe Biden. You elected Joe Biden. You pushed Joe Biden in there. I think um, that blood is on your hands, Democrats. Michael Rappaport is just as guilty. This is on you. You don't like paying those mortgage rates? Your fault, buddy. Your fault. I think most Democrats are going to start to lean into RFK. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I don't yeah. think people, yeah. even Democrats, like Gavin Newsom because you could look at California and see how yeah. terrible it is. And that little soundbite he gave everybody when he, <laughs> <laughs> when he said... People are saying that we cleaned up the streets because China was visiting. They're saying it's true because it's true. Yeah. And it's true because it's true. It's like It was like a white version of Kamala Harris. Like, yeah. dude, what are you saying? Uh, Artificial intelligence is two words, artificial and intelligence. That's why we have the letters. A and, you know, Kamala is like School Tim's. School buses are yellow. <laughs> School buses are yellow. <laughs> Hi, the sky is blue. My name's Kamala Harris. I like stating basic facts and talking down to you. Like you don't know what you're saying. That's what Tim Scott came across as in the debates. It's like, I want to tell you about politics. And it's called politics because of law. It's like, Tim, we get it, bro. We understand how basic economics works. You don't have to break it down to us like we're kindergartners. But that's what, you know, I like Tim. He seems like a somewhat decent. His voting record's yeah. a little eh. But he doesn't seem like one of those guys like Vivek Ramaswamy. He's like, ha, 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 ha. I'm going to sell you this new car. Don't look at the odometer. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, bro, you are such a shenanigans. Stop. Stop. That guy's that, but he does say all he does say a lot of the right things, but he just flip flops on half the crap out of that. So. Yeah, but I think the I think RFK is going to be a bigger issue for think the so? Democrats than uh, than they think. Rumble chat, what are we thinking? Do we think um, do we think RFK poses a threat to the establishment DNC in the 2024 elections? Type one for yes, two for no on Rumble. Type one if you think RFK actually poses a threat to the DNC establishment. Press one for yes. Press two if you think he doesn't. Uh, but let's continue. Uh, well, actually, I don't even want to listen to Michael Rappaport anymore because all I hear is wah, 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 wah. This is, a basic, uh, this is a basic situation that I caused by the way I voted. Well, well done. Well done. I am, I am a victim of my own voting. Con you know, <laughs> contrary to popular liberal belief, elections have consequences. To include, I dare say, stolen elections, fraudulent elections, election meddling, social media involvement, and look at that. Everybody out there, almost everybody is typing one. Potentially. I don't know. We'll see. It depends on who, who the DNC establishment is going to run because it ain't going to be Biden. They if are Biden terrible. makes it to 24, they're I will be very impressed. Yeah, they're terrible at picking candidates. Oh, I horrible. Think the only reason they pick Biden is because he was so attached. Uh, what? I, yeah, because he was so attached to uh, Obama. Obama, yeah. And they had the Ukraine ties. Mm -hmm. so they had to get rid of the Ukraine evidence. Oh, for sure. Their, their fingerprints are all over it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have the audio tape of Biden talking to the guy over in Ukraine talking 10 about- 10% for the big guy. Shutting down that, uh, what's it called? Prescott Bank 
pre-cop bank mm -hmm. where they were laundering their money. Yeah. I mean, all the audio tapes are out there. When Trump said, we got all the tapes, he was right. They have all the tapes. But they do. Nobody's doing anything about exactly. it. Exactly. The DOJ has been weaponized to such a degree that it's kind of like, why should we ever? And this is why I like a lot of my blue line supporters. It's not that I'm against the cops, but we do have to have a certain healthy level of paranoia and skepticism when it comes to people that are elected into positions of authority. Because without that level of skepticism, and what I mean by that is removing from yourself the political identity that you take on, say, for example, Trump or DeSantis or even Joe Biden, you take on their identity to such a point that you will never criticize or question their policies, their stances, their statements. Instead, it's just blind obedience. And they're like, oh, yep, yep, yep. No, that's not the way a constitutional republic works. You have to question people. So when they make these, these ignorant statements out there, like Joe Biden has in the past, it behooves, or even Trump or DeSantis, when they make, like when Trump's Second Amendment stuff came up, we have to stand against stuff like that. Yeah. You know, when Joe Biden makes these just preposterous uh, deals. It's like, the, you know, Democrats, you should be standing. I will give Rappaport the respect of saying at least you're finally standing up and saying something about it, but you're the reason why Joe Biden is in office to begin with. So instead of bitching about everybody else, point the finger to yourselves like, oh, I want to pay the mortgage. It's because of you, you, you. I could sit there and hold up a mirror until I'm blue in the face. Like, bro, it's you. You are the causation. So take some accountability, take some personal responsibility, do some inward reflection and reflect on the fact that you're stupid. You are stupid, sir. You sit there and you call Trump every name under the sun. And again, I'm not a Trump fan, but you don't get to sit there and cry victim to a situation that you created through your campaigning for voting for a vegetable. A vegetable. Joe Biden is a is a fetterman. That dude, oh my God, when he was laying the wreath or he was doing the Veteran Day thing, he does the thing and he looks at the soldier and the soldier's like, Mr. President, over here, over here. And he's just like, uh, uh, and he's so out of it. This dude can't even walk. He can't even walk. I know. it's Airplane stairs are kicking his ass. I mean, come on, man. Do we really want this guy negotiating international deals here? Do we really want this guy getting involved with Israel? Like, this is not the guy we want right now. Come on. No. Come on. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. This is So Michael Rappaport can do all the whining and crying he wants. Your fault, my man. Your fault. Good job. Good job. I'm just sitting here with the popcorn. Like, I'm just trying to survive. Bitch all you want. This is you, bro. This is Democrat policies. This is Democrat leadership. This is what we get when Democrats are in office. They are worthless. Their foreign policy is worthless. Their economics are worthless. Energy deals, worthless. You base everything around this, like, altruistic principle. We're tired of killing the planet. We're tired. Fine. I can concede that even as Republicans, we don't want to kill the planet. I don't want pollution. I don't want the coral reefs dying off. I've been to a lot of these places. I don't like this. But why are we sitting there trying to penalize the American taxpayer when China and India combined contribute more than the pollution in the world than America does? But nothing's happening to them. But meanwhile, you, the American taxpayer, you got to pay more in gas prices so we can buy our oil from the, say, coal-burning plants that produce this kind of stuff in the Middle East. And so if pollution is bad across the board, let's, let's take it different. If rape is bad across the board, we're essentially, we're essentially taking the position of, hey, we're not going to allow rape here, but our policies are going to create more rape in this other country. But that's okay because it's not happening here. Does that make sense to you? No, because rape is rape is rape and it's bad across the board. If pollution is bad across the board, then why does it matter where the pollution's occurring from? What's contradicts the very fact of if pollution is bad, then why do we sit there and say that it's okay for China and India to pollute the world's ocean, but meanwhile, you as a taxpayer, we got to pay more in inflation at the pump because the BS nonsense the Democrats have ushered in are their Green New Deal policies that AOC loves to stand upon. Because it sounds good. Of course it sounds, I wish we were all on solar. But what runs solar? Coal. Oh, 
Well, then how do well, then I explain? Well, then maybe we can start talking about nuclear energy, but it's expensive. It's not affordable. And AOC and her great brain trust over there, the Jihad Squad, well, we could tear it all down and start $17 trillion was what her plan was to basically redo American infrastructure. Tearing down buildings or adding on to buildings, it was $17 trillion. And she literally thought this was a good idea. The national deficit is upwards of $34 trillion. Now you want to add on another 17 Are you out of your mind? It's like Stanley from, are you out of your mind? Have you lost your mind from the office? That's what AOC is like. And you're sitting there. It's like, who let this moron in? I can, I can only imagine like the, 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 the senior members of Congress see her come walking in. And it's like, oh, dear God, we're dealing with the morons. We got to deal with the morons. Here we go. Like a total, total buffoon. So Democrat policies. Rappaport can bitch till he's blue in the face. Your fault, bro. Your fault. Does it feel good to pay more at the pump because you feel like you're saving the planet, even though you're really not? You're just creating more pollution. And by the way, guess who? Guess who Biden has been buying oil from? You can go look this up. It was, it had stopped for a while. Started back up in 2020. Joe Biden started buying oil from Iran. Not a lot right off the get-go, but now we're buying oil from Iran. The very same country that we're in a proxy war within, within Gaza and Israel. Explain this to me. Explain to me how we're going to sit there and pay the very same country that has attacked U.S. forces in Syria, has attacked U.S. forces in places all over the world that backs the Houthis, in Yemen, in Iran, Hezbollah, Jordan, doesn't matter. Extremist organizations that are Muslims at heart everywhere. We're sending money there. Explain that to me because it just doesn't make sense. Explain that to me because it just does not make sense whatsoever. Well, they're all crooked. They're very crooked. It's, it's just, dude, I just don't understand Democrat logic. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand how, I mean, I understand how the politicians go over there and, you know, line their pockets with, oh, yeah. with cash and oh, all yeah. that stuff. But I, I don't understand. How I don't, don't think Republicans up. don't do that oh, either. No, no, don't they? And I'm not po- saying you're not. Politicians but it's like, oh, politicians, they're all corrupt. They're all greedy little pieces yeah. of crap. But still, it's kind of like, when it comes to politicians, it's like picking the turd out of the diary. It's like, oh, this is what we're going with. So I don't know. I don't know. But next article we got, don't forget the number is 214-817-1689 to call in and talk. Um, worst Marvel movie yet is also the cringiest. Has any, Rumble, has any of you seen the new Marvel movie? Uh, the Marvels, I, guess, I think it's called. Has anybody seen this movie yet? No, nobody? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you've seen the movie, can we get some, on, I haven't seen it. Can we get some honest feedback in the chat? We got a call. Nobody's seen it, apparently. I get the beep. Yellow. Hey, this hey. is John. This is John. This is fucking Michael Rappaport, fucking dick stuff, fucking dick stain. Let me tell you something. You, you, you fucking talking all this fucking mad shit, you know, fucking, I understand. I was a fucking veteran. I played a fucking soldier once on Touched by an Angel, so I know the fucking struggle. And that fucking dick stain, Donnie. Fuck him. I'm going to still vote for him. But you come over here to fucking New York. I'll take you out for a fucking bagel. And then we'll fucking fight. You know, fucking real shit, dog. So, yeah, I'm out. Don't talk no shit no more, B. Out. <laughs> uh, there you have it. Michael Rappaport calls into the show. Uh, I, I, You are right, sir. I apologize. I, I'm not going to talk anymore schmack because, God forbid, I got into a scuffle on the streets of New York with the likes of Michael Rappaport. Oh, my God. <laughs> The worst Marvel movie is yet 
is also the cringiest. Uh, the Marvel does more than just continue Marvel's slide into relevancy. Uh, this is from brought to us by Fox News, by the way. Um, go woke, go Marvel. The 33rd, man, they've had 33 movies? They have beat the MCU into the dirt. Like, let it die. Uh, what else can we do? What else can we have them do? <laughs> Let's bring back Iron Man, which I think they were actually in talks of doing. I think they were in talks of actually doing that. Yeah. It's like, bro, let the guy let, be dead in peace, please. How old is Robert Downey Jr. at this point? You know, regardless 60s, of politics, right? or movie, good for him. That guy was a hardcore drug addict in jail and he comes back to be one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. I don't care about his politics, but it's like, good for you. That's they Talk about a good story of like making a good comeback, you know, cleaning it up. And I really want to like him. I do, but he's probably an ass. Probably. I don't know. I will say that Mike, I, I'm Michael Rappaport. I, I will say that Robbie Downer Jr. is a very talented actor. I will give him that. He is he he is very versatile in how he how he plays. His I think roles. my favorite movie with them is uh, <clears throat> Tropical Thunder with Ben Stiller. Tropical Thunder. Oh, I don't know which one it is. I don't insult my intelligence. Like I don't know what Tropical Thunder is. But I don't know if that's the best movie. I think Tropical Thunder is a great movie in its own right. Do I think it's the best one he's been in? I'm going to have to say no. I disagree. I just like it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. I like the fact that uh, Ben still refuses to apologize for it. He's like, I'm not yeah. apologizing for that movie. No, I, no, nobody should. No, okay. it was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, anybody that wants to get offended by it, it's like, oh, we played blackface. But then you got the Waynes brothers doing white girls. Like, shut up. Shut white up. Chick, yeah. Does it really offend you that much? Yeah. Clearly not in Canada because you elected one to your freaking prime minister. He did blackface tons of times. Or Indian. India. He was supposed to be in India because he's wearing a turban and he's wearing blackface. Like, well, they're not exactly black there, Trudeau, aka Cuck of the North. So anyway, do me a favor, folks. Hit that follow button. Hit the like button on Rumble. We appreciate you being here. Um, go Woke, Go Marvel. The 33rd film is the Mammoth movie series was just released and it scored the lowest opening in the history of what is known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU. The Marvels was anything but marvelous. For 22 movies, the MCU was the home of some of the most famous comic book heroes in history. Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Thor, the Black Widow. They conquered enemies on screen and more importantly, conquered the box office as well. Statista says the MCU with all its other spinoffs has made roughly, wow, 30 billion. I didn't know that. Or three times what the Star Wars universe brought it. I, oh, I can't. Ooh, the nerd in me comes out. What they did to Star Wars was not deserving. I wouldn't have done that to Hamas. That ain't right, bro. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I don't care. I'm going to rant real quick. The original three Star Wars were it. That was all you needed. Put it to bed. Let it exist and go on in history as being one of the greatest trilogies of all times. But no, people get greedy. And what did you do? You sell freaking Lucas Films to Disney. And what do they do? They gate it up. Oh my God, did they get case in point? What the hell were you doing? The only, the only semblance of recovery they made was with the Mandalorian. People loved the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was good. And then what did you do again? You gated up. You fired Gina Carano. People loved her in that show. Gina, I, I know she listens sometimes. You're coming on the show. I'm going to get you stopped. You stop. Sign the contract, Gina. Stop ducking the fight. Thumb wrestle. Me and you right now. Step up. I'm not afraid of you, Gina. I'm not afraid. Thumb wrestle right here. I challenge you. Sign the contract. Anyway, <laughs> Gina's a wonderful person. Um, all right, let's move on from this. 
<laughs> Folks, welcome to the show. If you're, if you're tuning in for the first time, we're kind of stupid. Every so often, we're kind of stupid. Anyway, George Santos. I don't think there's any Republicans that actually like this guy. He, he's, uh, they should never have allowed this guy. Anyway, George Santos says he won't seek re-election after a scathing ethics report. Now, here's the thing. Election laws are very slippery. They're like unevenly applied to all candidates. But let's let's listen to this because it does sound really bad on George uh, Soros. I mean, excuse me, Santos. Pardon me. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Santos has also been the one that come out and talked about like he, he was actually caught in that live where he said, I'm Jewish. He's like, no, no, no. I'm Jewish is what I meant. What? Yeah. Uh, really? He tried using Jewish as a campaign thing. And people's like, you're not Jewish. He's like, no, no. I meant I'm Jewish and how I was raised. It's like, you didn't clarify that. It's like, hey, I'm Christian. It's like, you're not Christian. It's like, well, I'm Christian-ish. That's not what you said. You led people to believe something that was entirely false. Santos needs to go. But November 6th, UPI, Representative George Santos on Thursday said Thursday that he would not seek re-election after the House, Eth House Ethics Committee found evidence that he engaged in fraud. The committee's report said it found substantial evidence that Santos knowingly caused his campaign to file false or incomplete reports with the Federal Election Commission, used campaign funds for personal purposes, and willfully violated the Ethics and Government Act related to his House financial disclosure statements, among other offenses. It did not recommend sanctions against Santos, but did recommend that the evidence should be referred to the Department of Justice and that his contact warrants public condemnation, is beneath the dignity of the office, and has brought several discredited or several dis severe discredit upon the house. The committee found that Santos used fraud to exploit every aspect of his house candidacy for personal profit, blatantly stole money from his campaign, deceived donors and more while sustaining it with all with, uh, with constant lying. There were accusations that he used it for Botox. He used it for only fans. And I'm just like, bro, bro, really? Just living the dream, living the dream. The committee added that said, but here's the thing though. So many candidates do similar things and they don't get caught. Do I think it's wrong? Of course it is. But I want to see a equal application of quote unquote justice applied to all candidates. Austin Peterson commented on this as well. He's like, bro, these laws are so flim flammy and they're not enforced equally. He's like, so they're picking on Santos. Santos shouldn't have done it. I'm not conceding the fact that he should have. He should not have. But again, this is what Democrats do. It's like, hey, you're doing it wrong. He's like, but you've. You've been doing it wrong. By the way, you know, they're not filing, uh, they're not going to file any charges against Biden for the um, yep. the uh, classified documents thing. Oh, really? Yeah, they're no. not going to do that. You hear that, folks? You, did you see that? Are you serious? They're not going to file any complaints. They're not going to prosecute Joe Biden for the same thing they went after Donald Trump for. Well, it makes sense because he only had like 2,000 or something. Uh, it's just, uh, don't pay any mind to these documents behind the Corvette. I just have children trafficked from Epstein Island. I mean, and forget about the forget about it. The couple hundred thousand dollars I was wired to his personal account. 250 grand. I mean, 250 grand. All the cash that is flowing into their bank accounts. You got to love it. You just got to love it, I man. I mean, it just makes sense that they would just let it go. <laughs> There's nothing there. No charges, man. No <laughs> charges. But did this, did this really does this surprise a single person? No, nobody. Nobody was surprised by this. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm even surprised they even did an investigation, even though we know they didn't do an investigation. Yeah, their investigation like, probably was give like it some time. video games. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll get right on that. Uh, bro, what's your high score? Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> ridiculous um the ousted banker remember the, the the story we did two days ago about the banker that was fired for tearing down the jewish missing babies um posters uh ousted wall street banker says his actions were misguided and thoughtless after telling a jewish american to go back to your country 
Yes, because you're of Middle Eastern descent and that argument can be equally applied towards you. So I don't think that you're actually repetitive. You just realize how stupid you sound. It's like, you should go back to your own country. It's like, but you're not actually from America either. So that's not a great economy to be uh, unemployed (laughs) in. Part of me is that you should go back to your own country. It's like, well, what's the economy like over there? Because I might consider it because America's Mm. like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. I thought that was funny, but I, I just wanted to pull that one up real quick. Um, and last, most certainly not least, I felt like this was uh, very interesting. Talk about it on the episode yesterday with Shannon Joy is that Nikki Haley surges in New Hampshire as Ron DeSantis slips to single digit polls. Um, a Washington Post Monmouth University poll out Friday. Um, and this is a poll Washington. This is the thing that I love about this. They're in New Hampshire. And I, I posted this on Twitter uh, the other day. You can go for the, the verification. It's in the tweets there. And it talks about this poll they conducted in New Hampshire. And they said that Ron DeSantis falls to single digits. Now, everybody is talking about how accurate the polling is, right? It's, you know, Trump specifically, he quotes polls when he likes them. But then when it's polls that go against them, it's suddenly fake news. Polling, by and large, is very inconsistent. And case in point is this poll that they're referring to. If you go and you look who conducted the poll, this is in New Hampshire. New Hampshire has a population of 1.3 million. 1.3 million people. The polling was conducted from March of this year to November. That's that's a fair amount of time, right? March, April, May, June, July, August. That's a, okay, fair enough. That's a few months in that span of time. How many people did you poll? You ready for this, folks? 917. You polled 917. This is on their website. You can go look this up where the polling was conducted. 917 people were polled. Of that 917, less than 50% were actually Republicans. So by the votes of just the Republicans in regards to Nikki and DeSantis, you went by less than what? 400? 350? So realistically, you polled 350 Republicans, and that's where you're getting your representation from? Are you kidding me with this? So what do these people do? They take these polling, regardless of which side you're on, and say, look at what the polls say. Look at what the polls say. Poll, 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 poll. That's what we do. And it's like, you polled 917, and of that, less than 50% were Republican. And that's that's your accurate representation of 1.3 million? Really? Uh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, it is. That is correct. <laughs> Bro, you, you again, when people use polling... I don't care if Trump or DeSantis, polling does not work. Donald Trump polled horrifically against Clinton in 2015, 2016, and he wiped the floor with her. Ted Cruz did not poll well in, what was it, Iowa? And what did he do? He got a lot of support out of the Iowa caucus. Did he? Yeah. It's been a while. I don't remember. It has been a while. But when you go back and you look at these old historical examples, like how many times do we have to sit there and repeat history, say, stop looking at the polls? Don't let the polls be an influential factor into not going out there and voting. You should vote, folks. I don't care what anybody says. Go out there and do not stop voting. You need to. It is your it is your right to do. Men and women have died for you to go out there. I don't care what they say. It's rigged. Don't stop voting. Don't throw in the towel and don't give up because that's what Democrats want. That is exactly what they want. They want you to give up. They don't want you to have voter turnout in the polls. It doesn't matter what they think. Keep voting. Don't give in these people, well, what's the point? It's all rigged. Then explain to me why Republicans are winning in certain elections and not. I'm not saying there's not tampering. I'm not saying that there's not fraud. But don't let that be the reasoning as to why you don't go out there and vote. That just makes no sense to me. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop reporting. Don't stop pulling out your phones when you see the fraud, videotaping it, making it go viral. You have to do these things. Don't concede ground to the left on this one. 
So there you go. All right. That does it for today's episode. It is, dude, I'm so glad it's Friday. I'm so glad it's Friday. Real quick before we go, folks, here's Twitter. Go follow me on Twitter. Tweet me out. Let me know what you think. It is johnburke 39 on Twitter. On Instagram, it's johnburkig. You can find this podcast audio format on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are downloaded. Because all I do is I take the audio from these live rumbles, rip it, and then throw it right over there. You can download and listen to it later. We greatly appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for being All American Savage Show supporters. If you want to back us and what we do, we have the uh, uh, shellshockcbd.com. That's who we're sponsored by. That's actually our company. For those that don't know what Shellshock CBD is, I highly suggest you go visit the website. Uh, again, every single one of our products are backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. We've been in business since 2019. What are you waiting for? We have ashwagandha gummies. We have the mushrooms, apple cider vinegar. We've got Delta 8. We've got Delta 9. We've got products that are going to help you sleep. We've got products that get you baked. We've got products that are great for arthritis, pain management. You can check it out. It is shellshockcbd.com. What are you waiting for? And by the way, if you sign up for the email list, you are going to get entered to win a $1,000, $500 worth of free product. There's two ways to enter. Go to the website, shellshockcbd.com. When the little thing pops up, enter to be on the email list. It's just that simple. You can't beat that with a brick stick. Or you can go to this website. I'm pulling it up right now. And I'm going to post the link in Rumble. Just enter in your email. We do not sell our email list. We don't give them away. Josh and I have been doing this for a very long time. You can enter there to win a $500 Visa gift card giveaway. What are you waiting on? Go do it. And as per the norm, again, every single one of our products are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today. Every day, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. CST, right here on Rumble. Appreciate Rumble featuring us. Says a lot about you guys getting some different voices in the space, which is what we need. Different opinions, different ideas. Because again, I'm DeSantis. Josh is Trump. We'd like to see it. You got anything to add? You guys have a great weekend. And as always, stay savage, America.